Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Reach Life Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Our mission is changing life by making, growing, and unleashing gospel-centered disciples of Jesus. For more information, resources, or to connect with us online, visit www.reachlifechurch.org. I want to welcome everybody. If you don't know me, my name is James Nysong. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's such a blessing to be able to gather together and worship the Lord together and also to hear the Word of God together. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20 today, verse 12. Um, We are uh, continuing a teaching series that we've been in for the past several weeks, and we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And if you're there, let me read it for us. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray together. Father, once again, we come together as your people, redeemed, um, forgiven, accepted, not by our works, not by our goodness, but by your mercy your great mercy and your great love and the great grace that you've given us through your son Jesus, the gift of of our salvation. Lord Jesus, we praise you for what you've done for us. And Lord, I know that apart from you opening our eyes and our hearts by the Holy Spirit, that I'm just going to be up here talking. And so I ask that you would somehow take what Uh, What I share this morning from your word, I pray that you would take it and use it in my life, use it in our people's lives, that you might be glorified in our lives, and and I know that when you're glorified, we we will benefit. And I pray these things in Christ's name, amen. Well, as I said, this morning we are continuing in a teaching series that we've been in for a few weeks, it's entitled The Big Ten, and we have been going through the Ten Commandments. We plan to go through all ten of them, one at a time. And real quick, I want to go over the ones that we've already gone over. Number one, the first one that we went over, Pastor Terry preached on, was no other gods besides me. In other words, make sure you're worshiping the right God. You're going to worship something, so make sure it's the right God who created us. Number two is no graven images. When you worship God, make sure you're worshiping him in the right way. Number three is revere God's name. In other words, don't take the God who you're worshiping and empty his name of his glory by taking his name in vain. Last week, we looked at keep, keeping the Sabbath uh, by resting in Jesus. Jesus is the true Sabbath who gives us not just physical rest, but also who gives rest for our souls when we're tired and weary. Today, we are going to be looking at the fifth commandment, which is this, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. And in the Hebrew, the word honor means to give weight to something, to give importance to something. So honoring your parents and also honoring the elderly for that matter, treating them with the highest respect and, and significance 
is a heavy matter and a major theme in Scripture, and it's extremely important in the eyes of God. That's why he gives us, that's one of the reasons he gives us this fifth commandment. Look at Leviticus 19.32. It'll be on the screen. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Proverbs 23.22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. 1 Timothy 5.1 says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him, look at this, as you would a father. So honoring our parents means that we have to learn to esteem them and to celebrate them in a God-glorifying way. And again, Scripture teaches that this is a, a heavy and a weighty thing, not only to obey it, but it's a heavy and weighty thing if we don't obey this, if we disregard this commandment. It has major consequences. Look at Proverbs 30, verse 17. This is speaking about children. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. That's pretty graphic, isn't it? Deuteronomy 27, uh, 27 verse 16 says, cursed or cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother. Proverbs 20, 20 says, He who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in time of darkness. And lest, listen church, unless we think that this is some archaic Old Testament command that doesn't apply to the new world, Ephesians, Ephesians 6 in the New Testament, Paul says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And then he quotes the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, this might go without saying, but I think we all know that we live in a world that has lost the art of knowing what it means to honor that which is honorable. Often uh, in our world, we celebrate the fool rather than the one that should be uh, honored. And so as I'm sharing these things this morning, you and I might be tempted to say, you know, what's, uh, what's the big deal? What's, what's the big deal about honoring our parents? I mean, this, this, is, this is kind of a strange commandment, especially that it's one of the big 10, to honor your mother and father. I understand that uh, Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not lie. Those are pretty big uh, commandments that we should all abide by. But, but why did God put this one in the Ten Commandments? Well, let's go back and look at verse 12, because I think the answer is in this. At least one of the answers. Honor your father and mother, and here's the answer. That your days may be long in the land, and that the Lord your God, may belong in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, the first question that comes to mind is, is this teaching that every child who honors their parent is going to live to be 120 years old, and that every child that doesn't is going to die at an early age? Well, we know uh, that that is not true for at least two reasons, because there are many of us who are in our adult years 
who should have already died in our teenage years because of the other way we shamefully dishonored our parents at times. Secondly, um, Jesus, who honored his earthly and heavenly father perfectly, died at a relatively early age in his early 30s. So we know that it, that's not, that can't be what it means. Um, so why, what does it mean? Why does uh, honoring your parents prolong your life? Well, in context, this is a moral law that was originally given to the nation of Israel. Now, it's a moral law that applies to all cultures at all times and all places. But it was given to the nation of Israel teaching that if the Israelites, if, if the parents would raise their children to honor and respect God-ordained authority, beginning with the parents, that they, the nation of Israel, would survive and thrive in the land that God had promised to give them. This is a promise that's given to a people. That's why it's talking about living long in the land. Most of the people that this was given to never even entered into the land uh, 40 years later. But this is, uh, put another way, this commandment could be said, and you, you might want to write this down, societies where children are raised to honor their parents prosper. This is a general truth, a, a general law, moral law. And this is because God designed, listen to this, he designed at the beginning for the family the family unit, to be the primary building block of society. So if you build healthy families, you'll have healthy societies. And the converse is true. If you destroy the family, you will destroy society. And last week we talked a little bit about moral laws, laws of morality, and, you know, laws of morality are like laws of physics. You guys are familiar with laws of physics that we at least were tried to be taught when we were in high school and in school? Well, this is what the point I'm, I'm trying to get at. God has set up life in such a way that if you abide by these laws, by moral laws and physical laws, you have a better chance of things going better for you. Things will be blessed upon you. This is upon people, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your gender, regardless of your social status, or even, in some of these cases, your religion. There are other religions that practice the moral laws of God, and they prosper because they, these moral laws are laws that when you practice them, they bring blessings to those who embrace them. Now, I want to look at, give an example of what I'm talking about here using the law of physics. And I know that everyone has memorized in your head Newton's law of gravitation. I mean, I know it's on the tip of your tongue, but I'm just going to recite it uh, for just to, to show you that you know it. It states that any particle of matter in the universe attracts any other with a force varying directly as the product of the masses and inversely as the square of the distance between them, right? I mean, we all know that, okay? Amen? You didn't have to write that down. You knew that from your heart. Um, now, for, for us laymen, this is what it means. If you climb up on the top of the Empire State Building and you decide you're going to jump off without a parachute, it will not go well with you. That's what that's teaching. And if this was a fifth law, 
it would say this, honor the law of gravitation that your days may be long on the earth. It doesn't mean that nothing bad will ever happen to you, but if you violate this one, know that bad things are going to happen. I think that's similar, similarly what is happening in the fifth commandment. The laws of morality protect those who embrace them. And as I said earlier, society prospers when children are raised to honor their parents. And we're seeing this in our own nation, that as we neglect God's commandments, um, we are moving in a way that's headed for ruin. So, uh, church, this also applies to us. We need to understand this. Churches that have healthy families will be a church that has a healthy community. So we've got to learn how to train our children to have, and I want to make sure I'm clear, have a healthy, there's a healthy view, there's an unhealthy view of authority, but there's a healthy view of authority, and it begins with how children view parental authority. That's where it begins. That's not where it ends, but that's where it begins. So question I want to ask you is this, why don't children honor their parents? There's probably a, a lot of reasons why, but I've got two reasons. Number one is because of, of our sin nature, of, of the way that we were born. We were born with a sin nature that rebels against God's created order. In other words, we're born not liking someone to tell you what to do. We don't want anyone to tell us what to do. That's just our nature. But there's another one that I want to address, and it is that Many of the generations, uh, several of the generations or the last generations that were living in our culture have not been taught by their parents, who may not have been taught by their parents, what it means to honor the parents. So we don't know how to train our children because in some ways we ourselves may not have been trained. Um, and, and I know that, um, that what I'm talking about here to some, to some ears it might sound like a self-serving, uh, totalitarian, and, and an oppressive way to control our children. I understand that. I've lived in this culture for a long time and know that authority is just, there's bad, there's been such bad authority that it's, we sometimes we can look at it and go, all authority is bad, that we need to question it, we need to rebel against it. But as believers, as we study the Word of God, we realize that there is a good authority that God has established and that He has ordained. And uh, if we will walk in this and raise our children, uh, they can be healthy as they learn to respect and honor their parents. And if they can start here with us as parents, this will train them to honor authority in other areas of their life. This is a very important commandment that doesn't just affect the, the child, it affects the family, it affects uh, the, the uh, communities that the families are in. And, you know, one of the demographics that is growing in our church is young families that are either have young children or are about to have young children. Uh, lately, it seems like every time I turn around, there is a baby shower going on. And uh, so, you know what I want to do? I've been a, a parent for at least five years, and uh, I want to share some of the advice that I wish, and I probably was given it, but I just didn't remember it, but I want to give you some advice that, that young James 
needed to hear 28, years, 28 29, 30 years ago. Uh, and there's four things that I want you to be aware of as a parent, if you're a young parent. So if you're an older parent, um, you just need to be amen in me because I know you get what I'm saying here. You're going to get what I say. Okay, so number one is beware of being the distracted parent. Now, this is the parent who lives by YOLO. You only, what? Live once. You only live, see, I'm so relevant, aren't I? <laughs> Leah, I'm relevant, aren't I? Thank you. Okay. Now, where was I? Okay, you only live once. And so you believe that, so you think this is it, so you got to be it, be it all, and you've got to do it all. And so as parents, in that, when you're distracted, you become disengaged, can become disengaged re- relationally with the family that God has given you, and so you end up missing the season that you're in. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Life consists of seasons. This is a truth that I wish I had known about when I was younger. Again, I probably was taught it. I wasn't listening. And, you know, if you, if you don't know what season you're in, you're likely to miss it. And you won't be ready for the next season. For example, if a farmer doesn't realize that they need to be plowing and sowing seed in the spring, when it comes fall, they're going to miss the harvest. So understand that, that life is about seasons. Young people, I'm talking about, where's Chloe at? I'm talking about nine-year-olds all the way up to wherever young people ends. Listen, this, your childhood, your childhood is a season. And you know what that season is meant for? It's to prepare you to enter into adulthood. This is a season that a lot of times is just squandered and wasted. Our culture says, you know, this is the time for you to play and, and, and then figure it out later on. But a lot of times we miss the season. These are formative years. And I tell my children, listen, what I did when, I was your, when they were young, I say, what I did when I was your age not only affects me, but it's affecting you right now. What I did or did not do during the season. So parents, we need to encourage our, parents, uh, our children, envision them that right now is the season that you're in to prepare for when you're older. And if, the more you apply yourself now, the more opportunity or the, the, the more fruitful you'll be able to be in the future. Now, parents and those who are, are, are wanting to be parents, if God has entrusted you with an eternal soul or souls, also known as children, you need to understand that you're in a season. You know what it's called? Parenting. You are in a parenting season. And so your primary responsibility is to train your children, to instruct them, to instruct them in the ways of the Lord. And listen, I know you've probably heard this, but I'm here to attest to this, that parenting, childhood, blows by. It blows by. And you're going to be tempted. Here's what you're going to be tempted to think when you're younger. I've got plenty of time to get onto this. I got plenty of time. And you're also going to be, subconsciously, you're going to think it's always going to be like this. They're always going to be there. 
you think, and you might be thinking, well, tomorrow, tomorrow I'll make my family a priority. Let me just warn you with all the love in my heart that I can that that is a lie. We gotta be careful about putting our families on hold, thinking that they're gonna be there when we're ready. Because a lot of times, they're not. They're gonna keep on moving. So I'm not trying to bring guilt upon anyone. I'm just trying to bring encouragement to you young parents. You haven't done what we've done yet. This is the time to be thinking about this season that you're going to, these are the greatest, um, if you're a believer in Christ, this is the, they are the greatest disciples that you're ever gonna have the opportunity to be with because they're right under your roof and, and God has given you a relationship that is like no other. So first, the rest of these are not gonna be this long, but I had to, I had to give some time to this one because this is probably the num- one of the number one uh, areas that I see that parents, when we fail to do this, it causes our, our children a stumbling block and it makes it harder for them to honor us because we don't have that relationship. All right, so beware of being distracted. Secondly, beware of being the controlling parent. The controlling parent. You know what the the, the controlling parent's favorite verse is? Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Because, see, this parent sees parenting as a formula. A plus B equals C. If I do these things perfectly, if I sterilize their environment, if I get vidangel and make sure there's no cuss words in the, in the movie, and then, and then uh, and, and I make sure that they stay away from all those bad, sinful people, you know, we're all in that category, but we see, you know, I've got to keep them away from any bad influences. If I do these things right, then my children are going to turn out perfectly. They're going to be Jesus-loving children, and we're going to live happily ever after. You know why? Because I did it right. I did it the right way. Um, This is something that we can be so tempted to think. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do anything I just shared. We need to teach our children Scripture. We need to be careful who the influences that they have. I'm not saying we don't need to do that, but we need to do that trusting God. There is a, there's a way to do it where you're not trusting God. You're trusting yourself to do it right. There's another way where you're being obedient, you're being engaged with your children, and you're doing it in faith. Because listen, you can do everything perfect. You can't. But if you could, your children still could end up not following Jesus. You know, we've been in the Old Testament where God is the perfect father to the children of Israel. Do they follow him? No, he treats them perfectly. They still turn away. So what I'm trying to do here, parents, is to take away the uh, pressure or the possibility of you carrying something that you're not responsible for. You might be here today where your children are grown and they are out of the house and they don't believe, and somehow you're blaming yourself that you didn't do it right. I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. You didn't do it right. There's things you did not do right. Uh, there's a lot of things. There's probably more you didn't do right than you did right. At the end of the day, your responsibility is not to make your child believe. You can't do that. Um, we're responsible as parents to teach and model the gospel faithfully. Faithfully, not perfectly. You're not going to do it perfectly. That's why we need a Savior. But you need to be faith- we need to be faithful about that. We need to be faithful to sow, to water, to weed the garden. I look at, uh, like to look at a family as a garden. Uh, if, if you have a garden and you 
uh, don't weed it, at the end of the season, you're going to have a bunch of weeds, and it's, you're going to be destroying the plants trying to pull them out. But if you pull them out little by little, it makes it easier. Gardening is difficult, so is parenting. But if we don't do those things, it makes it more difficult. That's our part. And then we trust God because at the end of the day, we can't control our children's heart. It's their responsibility to, to trust in the Lord, not yours. So um, beware of being the controlling parent. Second, uh, thirdly, beware of being the peer parent. The peer parent. Now, this is the parent who, instead of being the parent, wants to be their child's best friend. Um, they don't want to correct them or bring any type of discipline to them. They just want to relate to their child and uh, instead of training them in the way that they should go. And, you know, parenting in some ways is, being, is like being an Olympic coach. Um, I wasn't in the Olympics, but I've watched a lot of documentaries about it. And I have never seen a coach come to an athlete who they're trying to train the athlete to do what? Win medals. But I've never seen a coach go to them and say, hey, would you like to get up early in the morning? Would you like to eat well? Would you like to, uh, to uh, exercise and apply yourself? No, they give them instructions as, to their athlete, and they expect them to obey, don't they? Now, there's good coaches and there's bad coaches, and there's good ways to do it and there's bad ways to do it. But in the end, an Olympic coach expects the, child, the, uh, the athlete to respond and so parents, here's what I want to encourage you. Parenting is so hard. Uh, we, it's hard to get to the heart of a child. Um, in some instances, it's just like, a, you know, impossible, humanly speaking. Um, but I want to encourage you, uh, when you're to train your child, um, not to go, hey, sweetheart, do, do you want to eat this? When it's what they need to eat. Um, do you want to go to, are you ready to go to bed? No. They need to go to bed, right? So we, we, look, God put you, parent, in the life of your child to be the parent, to be the parent because you've lived longer than them. You've been through more experiences than, than, than them. You, you're not perfect, but you know what's, you, in a lot of ways, you know what's best for them. And so what I just want to encourage you is don't be afraid to be their parent, their loving parent who has Authority. There is a, there's a time as they grow older that that friendship should grow if it's been done healthily and, and rightly. There, that should happen. But early on, we need to teach our children to obey and respect authority in a good way, in a godly way. Um, and this not only this doesn't just bless you; um, it also will bless their teachers, it will bless their coaches, it will bless their future bosses, and. It will bless them as they transition from being under your authority to being under God's authority. So I just want to encourage you uh, to not be afraid to, in a lovingly way, correct your children. Uh, it, because if done in, lo in love, there is, a high, there is a high probability that they may not be thanking you now, but when they get to be adults, they will come back and say, thank you for the way you raised us. So beware of being the, the peer parent. And the last one is to beware of being the hypocritical parent. And this is the parent that teaches the truths uh, to their children about the Lord, uh, right truths. And they may even model it in public, but once they're in private, uh, they're just a totally, 
totally different person. There's no reality of what they're teaching. I knew a, a man that his father was a pastor, and he, and he said that, um, that his father publicly was well-respected, but that at home he lived in a different reality. He said, the guy that was up there preaching is not the guy that I knew at home. Um, this made it much harder for this individual and for, for children to, you know, if that's what being following Jesus is about, I don't really want anything to do about it. So we all have times that we struggle with hypocrisy. And again, I hope you don't hear me stand up here saying that I'm the perfect parent. I'm, just talk to my children. They will let you know that I'm not. But there's a difference between being hypocritical and, there, and, and failing and, and seeking to walk with the Lord. So the best way that we, can, that we can motivate our children to walk with Jesus is to model it faithfully and humbly. I say humbly because, again, they know that you're not perfect. And uh, so if we will just admit it to them, uh, confess it to them, don't grovel in it, but just, yeah, I just, I failed. The way I just talked to you is sin. I want to confess that. Uh, I ask you to forgive me. And then you rest in Jesus, knowing that you've been forgiven, and you move forward. So that's to all the young parents in, in this room. Now, to the rest of us, how do we honor our parents? Because honoring our parents is one, is one of the ways that we worship the Lord. And how can we practically do this? I want to give four ways of application that I think uh, will apply to us all. Number one is to obey them. God, if you study Scripture, and if you find a third one, let me know. But I've only seen two commandments that God gives to children. Honor your parents and obey them. Those are the two commandments that, Jesus, uh, that um, are given to children. Now, even Jesus modeled this for us because when he was a child, it says in Luke chapter 2 that he went down with his parents and he submitted to them. Think about that. Teenagers, think about that. Jesus was, I think, around 12 years old. He submitted to his parents. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was wiser than his parents. He created his parents. And yet, he submitted to them. He gave us an, a living example of how to glorify God. And you might be saying, well, how do you know if you're a child? Uh, a child is someone that is dependent upon their parents. In other words, you can't make it on your own without them. You're, you're living under, maybe in their home, or they may be paying for your college or whatever. You, you are in a place where you are still dependent upon them. And uh, the Word of God says that we need to obey our parents. Now, I do want to make sure I'm clear about something. If you are out, out, of, out from under your parents' um, care and can live on your own, you're no longer called to obey them. You're called to honor them. You're still called to always honor. We're all, always going to be called to honor our parents. But there comes a point, I've seen this in marriages, where a, a spouse is, is trying to still obey their parent uh, when they should be leaving and cleaving. So there's a point where you, the obedience part is no longer uh, applicable to a child. Now, children, you need to obey your parents as long as they're not doing this. They're not requiring you to participate in a sinful act. 
Or number two, they are not discouraging you or preventing you from serving the Lord where he's calling you to do, to do something. Parents, we've got to be careful about not having this plan for our children and the Lord calls them this way. Let's, let's be parents that encourage our children to do whatever the Lord's calling them to do, whether it's to uh, sweep floors or be the president of the United States. We need to be sure that we are not getting in the way of what the Lord is calling them to do as they enter into adult life. And young people, as you get older, you're probably going to think that, you're, that you know more than your parents. Uh, this is something that happens in, in, in all of our lives. As you're growing up, you're going to start having thoughts and different experiences and seeing things that maybe your parents don't see. Um, I want to just remind you again uh, that your parents, though, have lived longer than you. They have life experience. What you have at this point, and I'm not doubting this, I'm just speaking the truth, what you have is theory. It's theory. And, and a lot of us parents are laughing because we had theories that we realized those were wrong. Oh, that's why dad and mom did that, okay? Uh, I th- oh, yes. But the truth is, your parents could be wrong. And they are wrong at times. But let me ask you this, young people. Do you want to win your parents or do you want to conquer them? There's a difference. Do you want to win them as disciples of Jesus? Do you want to win your parents or do you want to conquer them? Well, the best way to win your parents is to trust God and honor your parents with joyful obedience when you can, when it's not against what God wants you to do. And God, listen, God often uses a child's obedience to win their parents. I've seen this happen in my own home where my children have shown respect and honor and it does something to a parent's heart to go, okay. It helps you see a parent to see, man, I'm wrong in this area, if you are wrong. So I just want to encourage you, uh, young people, you can honor God through obedience, even when it's something that you don't want to do and that you don't agree with. All right, so that's the first one, obey your your parents. Second one is to thank them. Thank your parents. When was the last time that you thanked your parents for all they've done for you? Uh, Even adult children, we need to be thanking our parents, if if possible, uh, for all the sacrifices they made in your life. And I'll tell you, uh, as a parent, when your child thanks you, it does encourage you. It, It is encouraging. So I want to encourage you. Uh, to thank your parents. That honors them. Number three, forgive them. Now, I may not know your parent, but I do know that your parent has failed you. I I do know that. And you know what? I also know that they're probably aware that they have failed you. And um, hopefully, though, you're aware that you have failed your parents and you have failed to honor them as you should. And so what I want to encourage you is that uh, you would be, uh, because of the gospel, that you would be quick to forgive your parents. This honors them, to offer them forgiveness. Colossians 3, 13 says, forgive each other. Now listen to this. As the Lord has forgiven you, I want you to think about this. As the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. Okay? So when it comes to your parents and you're having a hard time forgiving them for something, 
Think about this. What has the Lord forgiven me? And then offer that much forgiveness. No more. Don't go more than this. Just what the Lord has forgiven you. Offer it to your, your, uh, your parents. The last one is, is uh, if we're going to honor our parents, we need to care for them. We need to care for our parents. First uh, Timothy 5.4 says, If a widow has children or grandchildren. Now, this is interesting. Look at this. It says children or grandchildren. This is assuming that the grandchildren have been raised to honor their elders. So if a, if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repay, repaying their parents, repaying their parents and grandparents For this is pleasing to God. Now, Jesus modeled this, didn't he, for us? When? When he was hanging on the cross. He's hanging on the cross. His mother is at the foot of the cross. And he looks to John, his disciple, and says, Take her into your home. This is you are now, she is now your mother. Jesus models caring for his mom while he himself is dying. And in many of our cases, our, our parents cared for us when we were helpless, when we were unable to care for ourselves. And so the Lord says, hey, there's going to be a time when your parents are like that if you live long enough and they live long enough. And so you, you need to repay that debt for the, for, the one, for the ones that cared for you when you weren't able to care for yourself. And you know what, what, what this reveals? It just reveals the heart of God, doesn't it? That God has a heart for the weak. He has a heart for the needy. And and when we care for our aging parents, um, we honor God. I want to read something I saw online. I couldn't find the the, uh, author who wrote this, but this is something that I wish I had read years ago. And, And it's about, it's called When Parents Get Old. So, I don't think we have slides for this, so just listen. When parents get old, let them grow old with the same love that they let you grow. Let them speak and tell repeated stories with the same patience and interest that they heard yours as a child. Let them overcome, like so many times when they let you win. Let them enjoy their friends just as they let you Let them enjoy the talks with their grandchildren because they see you in them. Let them enjoy living among the objects that they have accompanied, that have accompanied them for a long time because they suffer when they feel that you tear pieces of this life away. Here's a good one. Let them be wrong. Like so many times you have been wrong and they didn't embarrass you by correcting you. Let them live and try to make them happy the last stretch of the path they have left to go. Give them your hand just like they gave you their hand when you started your path. And it ends with honor your mother and father and your days shall be long upon the earth. Um, this is an area that we, we all need to be preparing our minds for and that it is, that's another season that God often gives adult children the honor of being able to care for their aging parents. Now, there's a category I just want to uh, address here. Um, 
What if, what if your parent has, is abusive? Um, what if you grew up in a home where your, your parents uh, abused you mentally, uh, physically, maybe sexually, or, or they just flat out abandon you? You might be hearing this message that I'm preaching this morning, and, and everything in you is saying, I cannot relate to any of this. Um, I don't know how I could even begin uh, to forgive my parents. Um, why did God allow this to happen in my life? And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, stand up here and try to give a pat answer and, you know, just trust God. I'm not, I'm not gonna say that because uh, it's, it's got to be extremely difficult. The, the pain that comes from a parent that has um, abused their child. But I do want to just share and, and say that um, I can say that I don't know why God allowed that to happen in your life, but I can say that I know it's not because he's not good. And I, and I can say I, it's not because he doesn't care. And we know this, and I've shared this before, but we know this because of the gospel. We know he cares about us because he sent his son down to earth to be abused by us to be put to death by us. And he's, we know he cares about us. So I don't know why um, God has allowed that. But the question may still be, if your parent is alive, how do you honor an ungodly, abusive parent? Well, let me just say it's not by, it's not by pretending that they're honorable when they're not. And I want to read something that um, I, I saw on the Gospel Coalition website. By, it's written by Jennifer... Greenberg, and, and she's someone that lived in a for years in an abusive home with who, with a father who abused her. And she writes, honoring ungodly people means calling them to repent of their sin, encouraging them to do what is right, and preventing them from doing further evil. An honorable response to sin is confronting it, refusing to enable it and reporting crimes to law enforcement. In the spirit of the law, I honored my father by refusing to succumb to the damage his sin inflicted. I honored my father by reporting his abuses. I honored my father by breaking the cycle and seeking to be a godly parent. I honor my father daily by not letting him near my daughters. Oftentimes, Honoring someone means that we do what's best for them. And in this case, with a, an abusive parent, it may mean what I just read, things like that. Um, one other group I want to address is um, parents and children who are listening to what I just shared, and you are feeling extremely guilty. Uh, you're, maybe you're a child who you know you dishonored your parents. Uh, you had, did not honor them growing up. And maybe um, they're, not, they're, they're no longer here, uh, or they are here. Or you're a parent that um, your children are adults and are grown, and you're feeling uh, guilt, and there's nothing you can do to go back and change anything. And, and I want to just share that Personally, as a, as a, as a, as a child uh, and, and a parent, that I can relate to both of these categories. Um, 
And if I am not careful and I let things go in my head and what the way I have treated my parents at times or the way I did not do things right as a parent, I can get so discouraged and want to fall on my sword and just quit. And this is where the gospel comes in. This is where the good news of Jesus Christ comes in. Because the good news of Jesus Christ says this. Jesus says this. I did not come to die for godly people. I came to die for ungodly, rebellious people who don't honor, didn't honor their parents the way they should and didn't raise their children the way they should. It's not something to give you an excuse to keep doing it, but it is to give you freedom from the guilt of your sin. Jesus said, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna take what you did or what you didn't do and I'm gonna get, be guilty for it before my father. And I am willing to be punished for your disobedience, for your dishonor, for your unwillingness to be for your family what you should have been. I'm willing to pay for that all. And I'm also willing to cleanse you of it and to clean you from it and so that you can keep moving forward and with whatever the rest of your life, honor God. Not having to always look back at what you didn't do or what you should have done. And if you're in a place where you can't go back and change it, what you need to do is accept his forgiveness right now through Jesus Christ, through what he did for you. And then if you can make a, uh, talk to that person, confess your sin to them, start there. If you can't, like I said, if they're, they're no longer here and it's just you can't do anything about it, trust God that you're forgiven and that he can cause all things to work together for good. That is the wonderful gospel that we have been given. It's not some make-believe thing. It's true that if we will put our faith in Christ, if we'll confess our sin, repent, that God's like, you know what? You get to start over right here and move forward. And so I just want to encourage us as a church family. Yes, we need to teach our children to uh, honor authority because when we do so, we're teaching them to honor God. And if we fail, and we will, remember the gospel, confess your sin, repent, and move forward. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.